Hey, yo, today we are talking about what it actually takes. And this is from my perspective, but what is the one thing that makes a difference in going after a dream and actually getting it? And I believe the one thing is what we're going to talk about today, because like, it's just a game changer. It's such a game changer. Actually experiencing the energy of what it is that you want to do, right? Because you're instantly putting yourself a step closer. And even if you're not there and you're nowhere close to being to that end goal, right? Actually being able to experience it in some way, put yourself on that same floor, puts you that much closer. And I think being able to experience the energy that comes from what it is that you want to do is just, it's everything. So we're breaking that down today. And I think, you know, that's what I'm creating uh, in everything that I'm trying to build are, are systems that allow people to experience their dreams quicker. And not like, oh, let's get rich overnight. No, like barrier free so that they aren't spending their life savings to, to never actually do the thing, you know, <laughs> like the amount of people that you could hire to learn how to do all of the things that you need to do to do your dream is insane. And you will spend every penny that you have before you ever even do the thing. And the only thing that is important is doing the thing. You can figure the rest of the things out on your way. But if you never do anything, how tired and sad and exhausted are you going to be and broke getting to the end of that, never having done the thing at all, never having written the book, never having started the podcast, never having built the business? Like what then? Well, you're going to feel worse than you did before. And you're going to say dreams and no one can do dreams and like, bleh. Nothing worse could be said to me. Please don't say that. I believe that everyone can do their dreams. And I believe there are not enough systems in place to help them do that. And it's just about the doing. And those people that I've helped that have a willingness to do the thing, get there so much faster than those that only have a willingness to talk about it. And you need guidance and you need systems of support. And that's exactly what I'm building. So let's go. Hey, you're on this journey on this season five vibe and everything season five as I'm forecasting what it will look like is all about settling into the being, the knowing, transitioning from believing to knowing and fine tune correcting what that looks like and just living. And we started out this show 
you know, really thinking that this was going to happen overnight. And one of my greatest accomplishments of all of this will be just continuing on and showing an example, a real life example of what it looks like to turn your life around. And so if you're just happening upon this show in season five, you should know there are four other seasons that have followed me on this journey this journey of turning my life around, this journey of finally getting to this place where I wasn't angry and spiteful and hateful and ego-driven. It really follows all of that. So you can go back to the start. What I will caution you is that it is unedited and pure and raw. And I was still very much in that ego hate phase of my life and it's all lived out loud and this whole journey has been lived out loud in truth so you will hear me venturing into businesses that if you follow the link that i am promising you will be there you will end up lost you are not going to get there just know that um but it's It's all about that journey. It was real. It was real right then. That business I was developing, that program, that course, that whatever, it was real and this is all real. This is me living my life out loud so we can all do our dreams. Heyo, welcome to the Death of a Dream podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Banana Nuss, and you know, this is where we do dreams. We just come back, we keep talking about that, what that looks like, what it looks like to, I don't know, be raising dreamers, working with dreamers, working to implement systems for dreamers. I don't know, there's just, this is what we're going to talk about today. So I'm going to kind of ground myself in my greatness first, and then we'll get into the episode. So um, my great thing is we took our kids to a division one volleyball game, a regional final. Um, So sweet 16. And then tonight they're actually playing the elite eight. And it's a scary thing for me, these dreams. You know, when I really sit and think about it, it's like you want everything for your kids, but you also don't want them to get hurt. And, um, you know, if I'm looking at the, the makeup of what my kids like feasibly, reasonably, what is their genetic makeup? Like neither of us were. I mean, we were good athletes, but we obviously weren't stars. We were hopeful, you know, of accomplishing great things, but never did. So I don't know when you, when you listen to a game of some sort, Usually they're like, oh, so-and-so's parents was this. And usually the stars of the show or the kids that make it's parents came from a specific background. And I don't know what to tell you. Like there's impressive people who probably can put together an impressive 
genetic lineup to produce more division one athletes, right? Like, or NFL or professional athletes, like there's probably people who can do that, who come from that background, who, when the announcer reads off the background, everyone's nodding their head and going, oh yeah, that's not surprising that they would have this star of a child. No one's surprised, right? Like no one's going, when from Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith came to superstar actor singers. That doesn't make any sense. No, you're like, yeah, well, that makes sense, right? Connections and and genetics and all the things. It's it makes sense. It adds up. Perfect. Um, and so to know that your kids aren't going to have that background and that they're still going to have dreams, and your only job is to connect them with those dreams and the words that inspire them to continue going after them, even if it seems like an impossible odd. And it's scary for me because it's like, uh, you know, as someone who was hurt by that exact dream, you're not going, oh, yay, you want the same things. can't wait for that journey for you. No, you've already lived the experience. You've already lived the heartache. And so most people would be like, don't, don't get into that. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, but I have lived and learned enough to go, okay. I think that inkling and that desire and that passion for that makes perfect sense. And my job from here is to feed you with experiences that are closer to seeing it so you can believe that you can be it. And, you know, my biggest problem was dreaming from the teeny tiny town that I was from, dreaming from the teeny tiny non-impressive background that I came from. I was constantly just looking and going, oh, Yeah, that was my reality. That's what I was faced with every single day. So when I would say things like, oh, I have this big dream. I really want to be this big person. I want to be this big athlete. What would be read back to me was why that wasn't possible, right? And what I was constantly faced with was the reality, even as much as I daydreamed my way out of it, um, it constantly came back. It absolutely did. And so I, it, it just was this interesting thing. And it's this interesting thing now in life as an adult raising children who are going through a similar experience. And my job from here, I feel like, is to make those things happen so they can get close enough to it. And I learned this through coaching because when I went through my experience as an athlete, I was like, I just feel like nobody ever really broke it down. Like once I got to the coaching side, I was like, oh, really? It's only that? Huh. Okay. Well, I wish someone had said that to me as an athlete, like, hey, If you want to win state, you only have to win three games in a row. And and technically, when you start your run, you only have to win six. 
six games in a row. <laughs> like, that's it. And there's no defining quality of, like, one team over the other. It's like six games. It doesn't matter if you come in with the highest seed. It doesn't matter if you come in with the lowest seed. It doesn't matter. You have six games and everybody starts at the same exact point. What? Really? Because, like, I can get behind that. It's only six games. But I felt like it was just this, like, elusive target that I don't think anybody thought to explain. And when I started explaining that to kids, all of a sudden it was like, oh, really? And then we also started every season by just going to the actual place where they play the state tournament and walking around there and experiencing it and walking on the floor and seeing the lights and seeing the environment. Like, is it state volleyball? Is it even set up for that? No, but it's not that far away. It's not something that we can't touch, see, and feel. It's right here. And so as I am preparing humans who will likely have similar goals to mine, um, because they just find the same things kind of interesting, we're working to create experiences that immerse them in that environment. So if they say, I want to play division one volleyball someday, right? Or division one, anything. And they say where they want to do that. Like, I want to get you as close to that experience as possible. Because here I sat as a little kid saying those same things and nobody was, nobody must have thought like, Hey, we should take her to a game, you know? Because I think if you can't see it, like, how do you even know what to set yourself up for? How do you even know, right, like, where you're at today, how far are you from that goal? You don't know that. And so we took our kids to regional volleyball because my oldest has said that she wants to play volleyball for the Oregon Ducks. She's probably been saying that for about four years straight now. She wants to play volleyball or football. So she hasn't decided which one, but she wants to do it for the Oregon Ducks. And so it just so happened that the Oregon Ducks were playing Sweet 16 volleyball in Madison, Wisconsin, which is only three hours away from where we live. And to watch the Oregon Ducks, we would probably have to get on a plane realistically to go watch games. So we were like, listen, it's only a car drive away. We go, we figure out how to go. And our life has been a little um, more challenging as of late. And, you know, we found a way to make it happen. And we went there and it was the coolest thing because we, you know, to get tickets that we could feasibly make happen, um, we had to get the ones at like the top of the stadium, which college volleyball is pretty cool because uh, it's just so accessible. There are like gates, you're not above the floor, you could just walk on the floor. And yes, there's security around, so you can't, but you can just be right there. There's nobody that's really going to stop you at this level. And so it's super cool in that way. So we walk in, we don't know what to expect because myself and my husband have never been to a division one game 
um, like this, right? Like a regional playoff, blah, blah, blah. And so we walk in and we're just right on the floor, which we were amazed by. And then we watch the first game because your tickets, you got two games, which like, I don't know that there's a better investment that we've ever made in our child and her dreams than this one right here. So you get two games. We're watching the top teams in the country compete. It's amazing, amazing environment, super cool. And then after the first game finishes up, we decide that we want to go on the floor to get some pictures because, and Emery wants to be a little bit closer to the athletes, right? Like, <laughs> this is her dream. So cool. So we go down there and we're just standing there and she's sort of just in awe and, and watching and watching him warm up. And it's just so cool and electric and just seeing her see them. And I feel like instantly it's just putting you in this place of like, whoa, I could be that. I'm not that far from that. I'm right here. You know, whereas I think a lot of times we just let dreams be a word that we speak. And we never allow ourselves to experience it unless we actually get there. And I think getting as close as you can on your way to that is extremely important. And so we're, we're just standing there and all of a sudden like they're the team director. I'm not sure of her official title, but she must do something in PR. She must do something in that realm. So she walks over and she's just talking to us. Oh, hey, you know, you're Oregon fans. Isn't this exciting? Isn't this great? And we're like, yeah, we're actually from Iowa. And this is the closest that, you know, the Ducks would be to us. And she's like, well, we're going to be closer soon because they just recently moved to the Big Ten. So we're super excited about that. But we're like, yeah, we know. But this was so close. We had to be here. And she's like, totally get that. That's awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming. She's like, actually, hold on just a second. She kind of walks away and then she comes back and she's like, hey, you know, um, the coaches all have like a million kids and they're all here or a lot of them are actually the coach. I think the one coach has like seven kids and the other coach has two or three. And she's like, so we have enough to do some high fives to your girl's want to do that too? Do they want to be in a high five line? And we're like, hold on. Is this real life? Like, hold, just time out for a sec. Really? And we're like, oh my gosh, yes, they would totally love that. Absolutely love it. No question. Yes, we'll do it. So she goes, she rounds up the kids and they just get to be on the sideline. And when they do the announcement of all the players, the girls get to stand there and give them all high fives and they're losing their minds. This is the coolest thing ever. Like not only do they get to watch this game, they also get to high five all of these players and like really, right? Like touch them and experience this and, and see how big they are and all of the things. And it was so cool. It was so cool. So then we watched the rest of the game and it was just, it was an amazing experience. So very thankful to Oregon for just kind of like adopting us for the night. We don't, it doesn't make any sense. And the bazillion Wisconsin people who were like, Oh, you're from Iowa and you like Oregon? We're like, yeah, we just do. I don't know. Their colors are cool. Sure, we have family that lives out there, but just we just like the ducks. I don't know. Maybe we should like Iowa. Or I think the Wisconsin people were like, well, I mean, you're in Iowa. You might as well like Wisconsin if you don't like Iowa. And we're like, we just like the ducks. We just like them. I don't know. That's just it. 
it's not a fair weather thing. It's just we've liked the ducks since uh, since we've been married. I think my husband has always liked the ducks. I don't I don't know, but we just do. And the result of just liking something means your kids are probably going to like them. And so that has evolved to the place that it is now, which is that my 10-year-old wants to play for the Oregon Ducks someday. And yeah, we're just in this mode in life where actually experiencing that is a vital component of having that thing happen, having that dream take shape, being able to visualize yourself being there. And so, you know, we, we took a step in that direction on Thursday and it was really magical and our kids lost their absolute minds and it was amazing. And yeah. So, um, yeah, that is my great thing. Go ahead and take time for yourself. Recognize yourself for your greatness. So I've been working on the back ends of this business and, and how all of this works and how it all flows together. And anybody else would just be like, oh, we're just going to do it. And, and I've been just doing this for a while, but like to, to draw all the pieces, to paint that bigger picture, like how does this make sense for me? Why am I this person? Who am I and how am I going to help? And part of me was like, oh, I really love teaching these classes. And I think that that would be really awesome. And I love coaching people, but I don't. Um, I do, but I don't because I'm like obsessed with them actually getting the result. And I feel extremely responsible for them getting it or not. And I have super high expectations of what that's going to look like. And I have this like background of just, we're doing the work, we're doing the work, we're not standing up and, and looking for results. And a lot of people don't have that mindset. So I struggle. I struggle with that piece because I'm going to hold people to this certain expectation. Uh, and, and I'm not going to be like, here's what you need to do. I might say that here's what you need to do. And then I just let you go. And I don't think about motivating you. Cause I think if we tap into the passion behind it, behind what you're trying to do, if we like get that right, um, I don't think that there's anyone who needs to hold like a cattle prod to you. You're going to go, you're going to find your way. You're going to, that perpetual motion forward will take you there. And that's not the reality of the world. And so, you know, that just isn't something that I'm great at because I don't understand that. I don't, I don't get it at all. I don't get how you can't just see the vision and commit to the work that is required. Like, I don't get that. And I know it's like all sucky stuff. It's not fun. I don't, chasing your dreams is not the greatest thing that I've ever done for myself personally. Um, it is in the way that I finally, finally, just probably within this last six months, finally feel like, oh, this is me just being 
in the world. Huh. That feels super freeing. But it hasn't been like that. It has been an extremely volatile journey to get to this place. Um, it just isn't. Um, it isn't great. It isn't right. And I just, I think my role in all of this, because that's what I'm trying to figure out, is to implement the systems so dreamers can do faster, so they can immerse themselves in the experience to better understand at a faster rate what it's going to take. Does that make sense? So, sure, I'll, I'll probably also go out and inspire people to do their dreams and to do that work, but without having a place to land that, right? Without having something that actually allows you to invest in yourself, invest in your dream, you're kind of sending someone on a wild goose chase, like, hey, go do your dreams. And everybody gets motivated. It's like, come home from the conference. They're like, listen, I'm going to do this crazy thing. And they do the crazy thing, but they only do it for a little while because they end up either over investing or under investing and they're looking for the result right away. And it doesn't come. And then they stop and they go, yep, that was crazy. And I'm never going to go to a crazy conference like that again. And life should just stay normal. And it shouldn't. There should be something in place so you're not standing on that ledge all by yourself, right? Because after the conference ends or the motivating book or the motivating podcast or whatever, after that comes to an end, you're not motivated anymore and you just have to have this like sheer ability to continue moving forward. Well, that's where they would say a coach comes in handy, someone to walk alongside you and go, hey, it's going to be okay. It's not that big a deal. This happens. You got to keep going. Or yeah, numbers aren't where they need to be, but this happens. Let's keep going. Let's keep moving. Let's keep, let's keep, let's keep keeping on. Let's do this. You got this. Come on. And that isn't a motivation thing. That's just a understanding that this is a part of the bigger journey. And your job from here is to continue moving forward and having someone kind of hold that reality over your head in front of you, keeping it in front of you, keeping you committed to your vision is extremely important. And that's why the systems that I feel like I am building are actual funnels for dreamers who come from a similar background to mine. So I... Um, yeah, like what's the starting point and why is it so dang hard? Because if your dream was to write a book, let's go ahead and throw that one out there. Cause that was mine. I want to write, I want to write. I loved, I loved writing in school. My favorite topic. I absolutely loved it. Nobody ever keyed in on that. Nobody ever said that. Actually, when I read through notes on my writing. It's like Hannah's writing is really great. We wish that she didn't put off writing until the last second. We wish that she did more of it. We wish that she was more committed to it and that she, she would just do it. And, 
And I love how school systems have changed because I think that was mostly speaking to like my ADHD and this inability to like do things in a timely fashion because I need extreme deadlines to push me to do that. Um, and like, I loved writing, so I could just go on writing and writing and writing and writing. And so once I tapped into that passion, I would just keep going and I would kind of never stop writing. And so that was part of the deadline. It was either I put it off because I couldn't get my brain there until I was super motivated, or I just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and could never like clearly end it by the time that the thing was due. I could never wrap because I could just keep going. And the school systems have changed because my oldest also loves writing, loves writing. And her teacher, because they were writing, like actual writing with pencil and paper, her teacher said she loves writing so much. She Her brain moves so fast, it's kind of hard for her pen pencil to keep up with her. And so we got some dictation software for her and we're letting her just dictate her stories so that she can write even more because she loves writing. She's really passionate about it. She loves doing it. And so I love how specifically the school system that my kids are a part of see that and, and feed that to continue growing it, right? Like she looked at what she was frustrated with because her stories would get a little bit jumbled because her mind was moving faster than her fingers and she created a solution for her so that she didn't get frustrated by something that she was so passionate about. It's like, come on, teacher of the year. Yes, school of the year. What school does that? Probably a lot of them, but I just thought I was really impressed by that because my school system just pointed out all of my flaws and all of the reason that I couldn't write well. And my daughter's school system looked at what she was passionate about, what she was excited about, and found a way to eliminate the frustrating parts of that. What? Imagine. Imagine. Um, but I think if you wanted to write a book, what what helps you do that? Well, there's like a bazillion probably influencers, influencers. <laughs> who are going to sell you like write your book in a day. You can write a book, blah, 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 blah. There's a ton of books on writing a book. There's a, there's creative advantages. You know, there's just all of these different aspects that people are speaking to, to help you get this done. So there isn't a lack of help, right? If you wanted to, you could find something to help you and you could even find a free resource to help you. Um, like I did, but you're still not going to do it, right? 80%, a little over 80% of the population believes that they have a book in them that they could write. And well, I think it's like 2% do. Maybe not even. I think the stat might be lower than that. Yeah. So, so what's the issue? Well, you go, well, you know, not everybody's supposed to get to their dreams. I don't believe that. I don't. I think there aren't really systems in place that allow people to test it on a frequency level. 
And this is like the back end thoughts behind local and why it works. Um, So I'm going to lay it out. I think you have to actually play in the arena in which you want to get into before you could ever step foot on it. Right. And I believed that in my coaching, which is why we did that at the beginning of every season. We went there, we walked it, we, we did it. And everybody goes, oh, everybody does that. No, everybody doesn't do that. They don't. They don't. They'll say it. They'll write it on a whiteboard, but they'll never walk the floor. Why? Because you could. Because you could try it now. Because you could put that frequency out there, right? And most people just won't take that extra step to do that. And I want to implant that into everything that I'm creating. Every system that exists. Like, what is it? And how do we allow you to experiment with it first? Because that's the only way to create that next level energy around what it is that you want to do. So many people will say what they want to do and never actually get to the doing of it. This is about doing your dreams. And so I am building systems that empower people to do those in places where dreamers don't really get to exist, where dreamers are kind of like the witches of Salem. Like, oh, everybody knows who they are, but mostly we avoid them because we don't want to see that we could be creating the same reality for ourselves that we could be going after our dreams and we just aren't. And so we either villainize them and say like, oh, they're so evil. They blah, 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 blah. I can't even believe that. Or we get very close to them and we're like, okay, what are you doing? I want to know everything about it and I want to do it too. And that's so beautiful. And so we want to do more of that. I want to create curriculums and systems for people to allow them to actually do their dreams, not just stay in this place of like, how do I do this? Oh, woe is me. Like the only way to know is to go. And so I want to create systems of go period. That's what I'm going to do. And you know, the way that we model the company and the way that we structure it is really low barrier of entry because we want to see you continue to grow right? We want to see you find success and we want to make that investment in you early on so that you do your dreams and you see your way to a place where that's possible. And we want to connect you to people who, who want to build your dreams too. (laughs) Like, not just you out there doing your thing all by yourself. No, like also this community who's invested in you doing your dreams because they literally are your community. And what's more beautiful and philosophical than that? But I think the step that gets skipped most often is the step of of actually doing it. And so I want to make that step as barrier free as possible so that you take that chance on your dream so that you don't overinvest in something that you've never planted energy for. As always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change.
I've enjoyed spending time with you and I cannot thank you enough for making what I do possible. If you want to continue to support the show and therefore continue the development of everything that we're doing here with the death of a dream and the development of local and all of the platforms that allow dreamers to do, you can go ahead and connect with us on socials at local shop space and connect with me on socials at Hannah Nuss. And I would love to see you there. Go ahead and check out all of our websites and everything that we do here. I would love you to do all of that, to like, share, and and comment on everything that we're doing. But bottom line, I, I just want you to do your dreams. And as long as you're going after the things that set your heart on fire, that's all that really matters. Change the world. Mm-hmm.